Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, my talkers, we are heading into the last bit of this show today. We've got Lori with us and Brittany hanging out. Let's see what kind of fun we have for theories, which is always one of our favorite segments of the week. Is it? Are the theories really people's favorite? I enjoyed it. Just lying to me. No, I enjoyed it. You always think we're like, it's so funny because I went home and I told my husband, I was like, my favorite part of working with Lori is sometimes I just sit, like, I actually get this great story and you're so good at cleaning like vintage scandal yesterday was so fun and but it I, wasn't it wasn't very vintage i know but it's fine yeah. and then i had you explain the conservatorship article to me i feel like at some point somebody's going to acknowledge that like all i my do great, is go my great explanation all i do is sit here with like a little kid who's like okay give me give me i'm a baby bird give me more no you're great uh, uh, speaking of baby birds, mm-hmm. a um, very enterprising actress. We don't know her name because the Daily Mail was good and catty, but um, she was at Ca- the Cannes Film Festival, and Holly posted some more photos if we, if anyone would like to look at them. Also, if you need, um, you're looking at, you know, a lovely apartment uh, overlooking Central Park West. Of Catherine course. Zeta-Jones and Michael Douglas have decided... New York is not their thing anymore, and that's for sale. So you can look at that celebrity real estate. But a someone showed up at the red carpet. A, she had a cream pleated skirt, posing up a storm, a crop top, and every time she'd bring her hand back to pose with her hair, because you know the Cannes Film Festival, they're known for like sometimes just random, very beautiful women will be on the red carpet. Uh-huh. Maybe they're the guest of a jewelry person. Who yeah. But every time she put her arm up, uh, her, her breasts were there for, for the photographers to see. So of course they were, yeah, yeah, yeah. loving it, loving it, loving it. I can't find this one. I got to find it. Google. Um, I'm scared to know what I'm supposed to Google. Uh, guests flashed her bare breasts can and daily mail because this was at the annette uh film fest this was on tuesday night but here it is the guests they didn't even bother to get her id so her pr thing didn't work who wore brown hair down in loose waves accessorized with a white handbag and matching nails oh yeah she is so knows what she's doing she so knows what she's doing and like honestly Looks amazing. 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 Amazing, like, but the very fact, the very fact that no one even bothered to get her name makes it a waste of a good PR yeah. stunt at a very glamorous event. 
Yeah, they were right. There's nowhere in this article is her name. No, no. What a waste. I feel like we need to get her name. And she's gorgeous. And gorgeous and just lifting her arm mm-hmm. and waving and looking beautiful. Yeah. And I, pretending she doesn't know what's happening. Yeah, That's she, the best part. She's Yeah, she's kind of everything right now. Okay, so uh, here's a story coming to us uh, of us from Us Weekly. Pucker up, folks. This is not a drill. We are witnessing the rollout of the wedding of the century. As we saw last week, Benifer <laughs> has enfolded their kids in the drama. Yes. They went to Universal. I got uh, thoughts. They did the blended family outing. And then um, they showed up in their matching Gap oatmeal outfits in the <laughs> yeah. Hamptons. With her little um, rope belt. Rope belt and she had a flat tenny. I mean, this rollout has been executed with unmatched precision yeah. and expertise. As only two of most Hollywood's venerated professionals could do and i do listen what i mean i i i guess i i don't know if i 100 percent believe this because this is coming from us weekly but they plan on moving together very soon no. and they laugh at anyone who says they're rushing things no there's no way they're moving in quickly and there's no way they're getting married I don't even care if they get rings. They're not getting married. I'm sorry. I'm calling it. Lori, these two people have just done the rigmarole publicly. They have wasted a decade being apart. 17 years they being have apart. wasted a decade. <laughs> She's missed the worst parts of his life. Right, she, she should, has. if anything, she should be so happy. It's like when you take a week off of a vacation of work and you find out the whole place falls apart. She got the better band. Jen, oh. Jennifer Garner really, I mean, they have their kids together and stuff, but man, she had to go through a lot with him. Oh my goodness. I mean, even just having to be a part of the Phoenix tattoo is yeah. enough reason. And they should... And I'm even saying they should not. I don't even have an opinion on if they should or shouldn't. But they're not getting married. They're like grown people who have done this. Yeah, all right. All right, but well, well they can just spend the night with each other as much as possible and keep giving us photos. And please go to the Met Gala. Please go to the Met Gala. Honestly, I need a good like. I need them to take notes from Harry Styles and Olivia. I need like a hardcore makeout. Cause I feel yeah. like I'm only getting little well, pieces. Well, they're very, I mean, she's double handing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, they're all over each other. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a J-Lo glow that A-Rod never had. That's true. And that's why J-Rod never really took off, even as a couple name. Not even, there's, A-Rod is mm-hmm. a whole thing himself. Yeah. And that's another guy who... He's never getting married again either. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of Ben Affleck, mm-hmm. his buddy Matt Damon yeah. was at the Cannes Film Festival, and the last time Matt was in Cannes was it for 2013. Michael Douglas was also there, and they were promoting that amazing movie Behind the Candelabra, which oh. was on HBO in 2013. So good. If you haven't seen that, go watch it. So You'll so push good. play and then you'll be so enthralled with it all. Yeah, Rob Lowe is the doctor. But yeah, yeah that's the last time Ben or Matt Damon's been in Cannes was Behind the Candelabra. So he had been filming Thor, Love and Thunder, Down mm-hmm. Under, and he had his family there for a few months and that wrapped a few weeks ago. And he is promoting his new movie called Stillwater, which was co-written and and directed by Tom McCarthy, who won Best Screenplay and Best Picture Oscars 
for Spotlight. Okay. About the Boston Globe, that investigation. I mean, that's an amazing movie. Yeah, that's an amazing movie. And so the expectations for Stillwater are high. Matt Damon plays a dad described as an Oklahoma redneck whose daughter, Abigail Breslin, is in prison in Marseille for allegedly murdering her girlfriend. She said she didn't do it. He's trying to free her. And, of course, it's loosely based on the Amanda Knox story in Italy. Yeah, yeah. And um, Deadline published an interview with Tom McCarthy uh, today ahead of the the premiere is happening right now in Cannes. So we'll just... Uh, People are already thinking Matt Damon, you know, they're talking awards just because it's a Tom McCarthy picture. It opens here on July 30th, which, I don't know, is that still a summer movie? Yeah, I think so, right? Because August feels summery. Yeah. So it's a weird time of the year to put out a movie, but maybe it's got something to do with the year we've had. Yeah, the year we had, and then also maybe the because it's yeah. doing the whole uh, the independent film rounds. Maybe, and Matt Damon also has another movie out this fall, which sounds so weird, you guys. Okay, and I feel like we've talked about it, at least I know Holly and I have, but it's called The Last Duel, and it's got Ben Affleck, Adam Driver, who's singing in a coochie in a net. That's the takeaway oh, yeah. from Cannes. And directed by Ridley Scott. Oh, and I didn't know Matt Damon was in this, too. Yes, Ben Affleck, Adam Driver. And it's it's medieval. They were wearing medieval French costumes. This is the rock opera, right? I don't know. The Last Duel. I don't know what it's about. But oh, it's, so this, is, this isn't the Adam Driver one where he's doing the... Singing in the cooch? Yeah. No, that's a okay. net. That's what I'm saying. I got so confused yeah. just now. I was like, wait a minute. No, Matt's in a movie I that's coming it. out like in September. Gotcha. Sorry. So maybe that's why they're letting this one... That's why it's doing... I, I have no idea, but Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Adam Driver, now Ridley Scott, The Last Duel, Medieval... What kind of accents? What the hell? What's going on What's exactly? Going on? Okay, now I'm on the same page as you. Okay, good. I was so worried that Matt Damon was like somewhere in that scene oh, as well. Oh, that? No. Yeah. No, no but that was, no. I just brought everything back to Ben sure, Affleck. You know what? <laughs> Only like you could. Yeah, all right. Only listen. like you could. Well, we're going to see. Uh, Holly is coming up next. She's got the dirt alert for us. And we are behind on any, if there's any breaking gossip, we don't know it. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. We didn't have the hot gossip. I just met me and Brittany haven't been looking at any breaking news. You've just been looking at Harry Styles uh, squirting the hose down his butt crack, haven't you? You know us too well. That was a great photo. Thanks for the post. In case you missed it, a hot post of the day on the Lori and Julia show links at mytalk1071.com. Exclusive photos of Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde enjoying their Italian getaway. Mm -hmm. Harry Styles doing a copper tone baby on himself and squirting <laughs> that hose down his butt crack. Just Dad, you have a way with words. You know, just just for our pleasure. You know, mm. we can't be where the celebrities are right now, which is basically everyone's in the Mediterranean. Everyone is in Italy or the south of France. Everyone is in Italy and the south of France. Yeah. And, you know, the Cannes Film Festival is happening right now. You can also check out some more red carpet action from the Cannes Film Festival on the show links page today. Uh, people bring in some of the fashion and it's nice. It's just, it is refreshing to see a full-on 
fashion red carpet, oh. old school, oh. yes. glamour. The paparazzi are out. We're not really, you know, everyone is looking nice and looking fine. Uh, so, yeah, uh, other people who are in the Mediterranean right now, you know, Chrissy Teigen is in the Mediterranean. She's on the Cinque Terre. Uh, and a photograph was put up on Instagram of her hanging out there. So she's there. Uh, we have uh, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just, you know, it's it's nice because we're not there. So yeah. the celebrities we can be there. serious envy. Yeah, I was going to say, mm-hmm. as much as I love being in studio with you ladies, yeah. I would also enjoy being on a yacht in the Italian Riviera. Oh, boy. <laughs> what do you think? You And I haven't gotten your opinion about this, and you might have talked about this. Sharon Stone and her new hookup, RMR. I I think that they, like, I don't know. I don't know if they're having a hot vac summer together. But they've been spotted at enough places, and there's at least two pictures. And, you know, I give his uh, publicist, you know, props for putting that story out there. Yes. I just think she, I think they know each other. And, and they they're have mutuals. Fun. Yeah, and they have mutuals. fun. Yeah. Well, Sharon Stone is revealing that she has watermelon for breakfast, does laps in the pool, and enjoys dead sea salt baths to look great. That really? is her secret. Is her memoir out in a paperback now, or what's going on? Or is she promoting an appearance? Are we going to see her in something? Well, she's talking to WSJ Magazine. That's the oh. uh, fashion insert in the Wall Street Journal, and she's talking about what she's looking forward to post-pandemic. And she looks great. She's wearing a suit and cute little penny loafer shoes, and uh, she's just talking about how she's fabulous to the Wall Street Journal. I like that. Yeah, so... Yeah, and you know, she is kind of re-upping the press for her memoir that she, she released, The Beauty of Living Twice. It was I never published read in it. March. You okay. I know. Lori. I read all the excerpts. Lori. I know. <laughs> you're the Sharon Stone. I you're like her biggest fan. You know what? I, I'm I'm going to read it in September when I have an extended little period of time where I can read read her book in a day. Okay, well, fabulous. Just tear you know, through that and give us the book report. Yeah. We look forward to that. Bella Hadid has a new guy in her life. Mark Coleman. he's an art director that has worked with such artists as Travis Scott. Page Six this afternoon has the picture exclusive. They're enjoying a romantic dinner on their per- first public outing Are as a couple. Are they in Cannes, too? No. They walked the red carpet uh, with, like, a, a couture, a vintage gown that Naomi Campbell wore. It was kind of amazing, even though I'm not a fan of Tool coming right out of the crack of your butt as a long... <laughs> As a long trailer on the dress, but they're not in Cannes anymore. No, they're not in Cannes. They're in Paris. So they're still in France. And they went to an Australian restaurant called Lulu, and then they went back to the hotel. Well, he must make her laugh. That's all I can say about that. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Oh, the Hollywood speak on that. <laughs> Brittany, please provide any Hollywood speak if you can. I mean, obviously, that he's not a big baller and is uh, is not exactly hot. hot. No. <laughs> he's got an all. It's a, he's got an old man vibe to him, and he's young. So he's like skinny, yeah. young, and old man hairline. And maybe you know, uh, hung like a horse. Yeah, right. I mean, Possibly. that's what I keep learning from this show. If I've learned anything from Laurie, is, uh, I mean, that's a big motivation. Makes, what, what do you see in him? Oh, he makes me laugh and he's hung like a horse. Okay, fine. I hey, get it. Always look on the bright side of life. That's right. Always dress to the left mm-hmm. if you can. Right. <laughs> dress to the left uh, for success. Yes. Uh, Katie Curry. Now, this is an interesting story because... This is kind of a story within a story. So Katie Couric is sharing images from her daughter Ellie Monahan's wedding to a guy named Mark. And she's sharing her dress that she had custom made as mother of the bride. What's really interesting about this story is that this is um, sideways PR for Georgina Chapman. Oh, no, really? Uh, yes, of Marquesa. And that's, that is my theory about why we're hearing about this story uh. On people.com, on page six.com, and Lori groans because Georgina Chapman and Marquesa, the brand that Harvey Weinstein used to push on celebrities to wear on the red carpet. They were married. They got divorced in 2018. Oh, no. And we've had actresses come forward and say they were bullied, badgered, pestered into wearing Marquesa on the red carpet. And I'm talking Julianne Moore, Renee Zellweger. Oh, no. And she's kind of, uh, you know, through other people have tried to say she didn't know anything about it, but that's BS. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. This is kind of a sideways soft launch yeah. for Georgina well, Chapman and Marquesa. Smart. Yeah, because, of course, it leads with Katie Couric, and she's celebrating her daughter's wedding. Right. And look, the dress has pockets. I mean, who doesn't love that? So this is all... It, it is a really pretty pink T-length strapless dress. I have to say, I, that is a really pretty dress. Yeah, it is pretty. But it is, it is sideways, sideways publicity for Georgina Chapman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're going to go over to the left here. Not dressing to the left. But we're okay. going to so, talk about some celebrity justice news that is just breaking. Marilyn Manson surrendering to the Los Angeles police in connection with assault charges he's facing in New Hampshire. So Marilyn Manson was released without bail after turning himself in at a Hollywood police station. And under the deal that Marilyn Manson has reached with the Guilford, New Hampshire Police Department, Manson's going to travel to New England in August to be arraigned on two misdemeanor charges stemming from an incident in which he allegedly spit on a camera woman at a 2019 concert. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. So he's there. He's going to face the music, so to speak. In all of that. And uh, over at Cannes, let's go back to Cannes because mm. Matt Damon's crying. <gasps> no, Maddie! Well, but they're tears of joy. Oh, Brittany. you got me. <laughs> Congrats. 
He was moved to tears during a five-minute standing ovation at the Cannes Film oh, for Festival Stillwater? for the movie Stillwater. Stillwater. Yes, this was directed by Tom McCarthy. That person directed the Academy Award-winning movie Spotlight. Uh, yeah, we were just talking about that. Yeah, he, and so, you know, he's... He, he, I, th- he's oh, I thought five-minute standing ovation is nothing in Cannes. It's not really. It's not no. a big applause. You this guys. is what Annette got the other you, night. Yeah, <sighs> and Annette got mixed reviews, and that's the movie that opened the Cannes Film Festival, the musical, the rock opera that, starring yeah. Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard. Roger Friedman wrote that... The the reason why they use such odd words to describe what what he said he thinks it's going to get terrible reviews when it's open is because they're there for 10 more days. Sure. He's journalists. Oh, yeah. Well, what, only the Hollywood Reporter gave it a rotten and, and one other. He's, otherwise, it was all like code words okay. for bad. Mm-hmm. Like, Can we just we'll really step back and acknowledge or just imagine what it would be like to be in a five-minute applause? I would... It's, end my life. It I'd seems be so, like a long time. I would be on my phone so secretly as no. I'm pretending to clap. Five minutes of clapping? No, that's nothing. Who they, can live their lives like that? Yeah, they want to do 20 minutes. I would yeah. never. <laughs> because they're either going to give you a 20-minute applause session or they're going to boo you and walk out of the theater. Yeah. I can't stand and clap for 20 minutes. To the French, five minutes is like uh, one minute. And their yeah. shoes are unpractical, so they're going to be standing there for 20 minutes. <laughs> Oh, man. I hope your bunions are in check when you go to Cam, Brittany. (laughs) That's the dirt today. And your theory is? We still don't know what's out there, people. Even though we got that UFO report, it told us zip, zilch, nada. Yeah, true dad. And yeah. here we are letting him, letting uh, Blink-182 tour without Mark. And yeah. he's been doing what? Yeah. For what? I don't know. For what? So here's the theory for you. Um, this one just uh, grabbed my eye because for, when it comes to theories, I really pay attention to like science and environment, these types of reports. So mm-hmm. here's the headline. Aimlessly scrolling through your phone when you are bored will make you more bored. Interesting, isn't that aimless is the key? Aim, aimless is the key. You picked up on that. Researchers have discovered that people are more likely to aimlessly navigate their phones at work when they are feeling disengaged. Uh-huh. However, uh, contrary to expectations, the results suggest that this magnified rather than alleviated their symptoms. I have a certain friend who wears a size six shoe that i'm going to be sure and share this theory mm. with you know who i'm talking about she was a Julia. size six maybe six and a half that's annoying um after reporting higher fatigue and or boredom people were more likely to look at their smartphone and after using their smartphone people reported slightly higher fatigue and more boredom i was surprised by the increase said the uh head researcher at Radboud University in the Netherlands. If I had to give people advice, I would tell them to take infrequent breaks with their smartphone while engaging in mentally demanding work and limit these breaks to two minutes. If you, um, if you really need to get something done and you're somebody who uses your, your phone a lot, you might try, if you can, to increase your productivity by distancing yourself from your smartphone when it is 
crucial to productivity. At the same time, if you take a break with your smartphone, try and engage in a way that brings you joy. So enjoyable breaks have a better, better for recovery. So if you are bored, that's why like maybe TikTok has taken off. This is my theory is that because younger people, they've been used to always having a mindlessly something they can go and scroll through. Oh, yeah. TikTok brings more joy because there's more fun around it. Oh, so the yes. engagement. So there's maybe that's where the embrace of TikTok has happened because you've had all these people who've you know been used to just going and looking at their phone whenever. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And got drawn into TikTok because that's my go-to for aim. If I feel instead of going through Insta or Facebook, I only go to Insta and Facebook. With a mission. Yeah. And now with TikTok, that's like my, I have 10 minutes here between or whatever. I'll go on that. And does it bring you joy? Yes, it makes me laugh. Yes. Which is so different than any other app. And I know that's like bad to say, right? Like we know that there's, but it is, it really does hone in on what makes me laugh. Right. Um, And if you're bored... And then you just mindlessly start going, maybe you're doom scrolling through news sites yeah. or, you know, you're like, if it doesn't really like bring you some joy. So I was like, mm, maybe that's where the TikTok generation, they're all, they've been used to having this. I don't have to be bored. I've got something in my hand yeah. that will show. But this is why maybe they you're leaning in more towards the stuff that's more joyous because you kind of have already found out. That if you're bored and you're looking through your phone and if you're not doing something fun, you're just going to be even more bored. I'm at a point where I am so bad with my phone that I have to just hard schedule in things. Like today I had to get I had a, a paper I had to write. And so I scheduled in from 7.30 a.m. till 10.30 a.m. I wasn't allowed to touch my phone and I had to work yes. on the paper. But that's where I'm at. I'm so bad at trying to concentrate casually that I have to be very formal about it. Well, that's all right. You know it. You yeah. recognize it, you know? It's not great. I definitely, especially after quarantine stuff, like I rely on my phone more than I've ever relied on my yeah. phone. Yeah. So, But if you are like you're, I mean, if you're, if you're just aimlessly looking at your phone and you're feeling disengaged, when you come up for air 10 minutes later, you're going to feel even more disengaged. Even more in the sunken place. You know, I do realize that. I feel that way, honestly. If I get caught in TikToks, and I'm like two hours later, and I'm like, and I feel like I'm being entertained and laughing, Yeah. but then when I'm done, I'm just like, what did I just do? I feel terrible. It it says, you know, you can can do it, but try and use it in a way that brings you joy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because people do get... On doom scrolling. Do you know one of my favorite things about being on my talk is that it's three formal hours that me and another person or me and two people <laughs> will not be on our phone. Right. And how wild is that? That like it has to be that formal of like, I know yeah. you're not going to just pick up your phone and look at your Insta or start texting. Like, I know that. I yes. like and I love it. It's so funny. I, I, I think I'm realizing that more and more. But don't tell them enough because I want to still get paid. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Thank of course. You. Of course. Now, keeping it in the on the, uh, the phone uh, thing, and mm-hmm. it, it, this was published in Nature Human Behavior, and it is the first... Um, it's the first 
study, despite the headlines, there is no scientific evidence that shows that smartphones and digital technology is hurting our biological cognitive abilities. In fact, smart technology not only doesn't make people dumber, it in some ways has made us smarter. So let me make my point, because it does get a bad rap. You're getting tech neck. You're getting, of course, distracted driving. We don't want any of that or, you know, disrupting your sleep. But um, it is not making people less intelligent. This is research from the University of Cincinnati and the University of Toronto. They contend that all of our devices are helping to free our brains up to solve more complex problems and learn other things because it's made our life easier in ways. Um, So what it does, it's changed the way we engage our biological cognitive abilities. And that makes it cognitively beneficial. Do you see how much they love using cognitive? Oh, they love it. They love that word. They're cog hogs. Yeah, study authors say, (laughs) (laughs) say smartphones are taking care of all the all- Time cons- all the time-consuming calculations we used to do with pen and paper. For example, our phones know the way to destinations like a sports stadium, yeah, or uh, some place we've never been to. Uh, yeah, before. I don't even know my sister's address. Yeah, some it's just people saved in there. Yeah, we we would have had to ask for directions, use a map, write it down in the office. Of course, these our devices are hand, remembering important information. They can make you know they handle complex math issues. Uh-huh. Our phones, this that. So anyway, we're just not memorizing phone numbers in 2021 or doing math on pen and paper. You and I always say, if somebody asks me something that I don't have on my brain, mm-hmm. I'll say I'm storing it offsite. Yeah, and that's on my computer or my phone. Right. So it's kind of yeah, the idea of like yeah. you can only fill things up to a certain level, and in brains. And what's interesting now that we have information at our fingertips, I've actually heard been in conversations. Well, we don't have to wonder about it. We could Google about it, and then someone will say, "Let's just wonder about it." Yeah, I know. That's you know, lovely. Isn't, That's lovely. But do you guys? That, yeah, totally. That happens sometimes. People are just like, mm, nah. Every once in a while, we'll be like, "Cause that's what you go to now." Right. You go. Well, we don't need to wonder anymore, but. Maybe it's okay to wonder. Creates the conversation. I like that. And not no. And that came up a few times this weekend. Yeah, no, we're not even gonna Google it. Right. We didn't. Even, we're like, that's how lazy we are. We have so much information at too our fingertips. Oh, it's so funny too. And and it's those arguments too. You can look things up a certain way. Me and my stepdad are infamous for arguing about like yeah. very specific things. And the way you look up something can help your case too. Yeah. So. And our device. So our devices. Making us stupid is not one of them. No. It might be making us my more bored, but it is not making us more stupid. And you're, it's I'm exact, glad we know that. Yeah, and like you said, too, it's also a big part is it seems more stupid because maybe I do, maybe somebody looks at me and says, you not knowing your sister's address is a sign of being stupid. But it's like, no, that's just a different form of intelligence. Right. I'm storing it off-site. That's right. Go ahead. That'll be the next theory in the nature of uh, human behavior. Mm. I'll be looking forward uh, to doing that. Okay, so I don't know. Um, oh, I'll give you one last theory. All right. Two in five adults are so obsessed with staying young. They haven't heard Michelle Pfeiffer's uh, advice for aging. They'll try fictional anti-aging treatments. <laughs> How obsessed are Americans with staying young? Well, two out of five said they're willing to try brand new ex- experimental procedures 
In fact, when asked to identify real anti-aging procedures, people, 20% of people said uh, xenon injections they'd heard of, <laughs> stratum fillers, and young blood transfusions as parodied in the television show Silicon Valley. Like, they believe in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Uh-huh. I'm totally with them. I put so much stuff on my face that I have told, I was told, but I go, I don't know. Yeah, you can know. blame the internet. More than half of people have tried anti-aging tricks they learn about on YouTube. Oh, for sure. So there is something. There is in one way that the, inter- that the internet is making people dumb. Get your jade roller out. Get your jade roller. We'll try all the fictional anti-aging treatments. We'll pass along Michelle Pfeiffer's aging or um, Sharon Stone. Or, no, this was Michelle Pfeiffer oh, yeah. this week. I thought you were saying Sharon Stone was the one who was like, I eat my watermelon. Yeah, yeah, floating yeah. Floating yeah. sea salt. No, Michelle Pfeiffer's was, I. once you accept you look good for your age oh, yeah. rather than trying to look fu- young you for your age. Yeah. It's a big relief. Yeah, I got to do that eventually. Yeah, you're too young. Thank you. I'm going to do that. Yeah, you're too young <laughs> to have that. You guys yes. don't have to think about that. Perfect. All right, listen, we'll be right back. All right, are you looking forward to our new music tomorrow? You know, the BTS and Ed Sheeran Permission to Dance comes out tomorrow. You know what? I uh-huh. am because literally the Machine Gun Kelly song you gave me, I've been JXDN, listening. to isn't that good? I've been listening to it for a full week. Yeah. And loudly, and I love it. So, yeah, I'm yeah. Fridays are... Always, I love the list, and I get to keep the list. Like you write the list out, and I get to keep it in my bag. You're so funny. Okay, here's a TV show. In case I forget to remind people about it, it debuts on HBO on Sunday night, and they had the premiere last night. And just like Holly was talking earlier about the Cannes Film Festival, we're seeing this red carpet and photography just like in the olden days you know mm-hmm. pre-covid they uh, hbo rolled out a white carpet last night in hollywood for this show called white lotus which is debuting on hbo sunday and um so uh i guess um it is like hbo spared no expense at one of their first events it was at the bel air bay club in uh, ritzy Pacific Palisades and Connie Britton, Steve Zahn, Jennifer Coolidge. Uh, let's see, all kinds of people are in this. And while introducing the show, Mike White joked, HBO is like that hot on and off girlfriend who one minute you're making sweet love to her and the next you're eating alone and they don't show up. And then they gaze their loving eyes on you and you're like, all is forgiven. It's worth it. I hope you guys like the show. Oh, uh, what is, is it going to be good? I don't know, but his analogy leaves me flummoxed. Me too. <laughs> That's a little weird. And it is true, man. When HBO hits, it hits like no other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we just had Mayor of Easttown. Yep. And it was in Hacks on uh, yep. HBO, and I loved yeah. that. So it follows a group of guests and employees at a tropical resort over the span of a week, and I'm sure all kinds of things go on. I'm so into this show just on that, now that I know that. Yeah, I, I'm watching it. I mean, like I said, HBO is one of those Doesn't things Doesn't it kind of look like maybe shenanigans are going to go on at this resort? Um, Yes, and they read the one, the article I saw, it says, White Lotus begins with the promise of death. That's yeah, enough. That's I'm it. in. Uh-huh. Um, I, lo- I, the, the, I will always give HBO shows a chance, because they... 
Like yeah. when they're good, they're amazing. Yeah, they are. So um, uh, Molly Shannon was there, John Stamos. I don't know if they're in White Lotus, but I do know that um, Connie Britton is in it and um, Jennifer Coolidge and Molly Shannon is also in it. So just those three right there. And then there's some younger actresses that um, I recognize their faces. Sydney Sweeney, um, Alexandra Daddario or Daddario, mm-hmm. Natasha Rothwell, and that, that, that cute Minnesota dude, Steve Zahn. Mm. Love him. Oh my God! This is, so, I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. This- so you guys have that's the uh, that's the hot TV. That's maybe our midsummer. Oh, show. I'll be checking it out based so on s- what you said there. That looks sounds. It looks good, good yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. And then Animal Kingdom is back, you guys. Oh. Um. At least I got a sneak peek previewed on my DVR, so I, maybe it's this weekend. And then I, Casey and I rolled through and finished Bosch. It was great. <sighs> yep. I'm now. Three episodes into the most recent season, and I just wow. There's a lot of there's a lot of balls in the air. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> dirty balls in the air that Bosch is juggling. <laughs> yes, that's, that's a great way to put it, there, Laura. Do you watch that show, Bosch? No. Or you do like a, it's a Michael Conley books. Um, like it's seven season, and I I don't How know. How do you even spell it? Bosch B O S C H, like yeah. Hieronymus Bosch, okay. the uh, scary painter. I mean, okay, like these are all, and this is uh, Prime. Y- yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. Cool. And um, gosh, I it's getting a great review too. Oh, it is. I mean, the bo- the Harry, Con- the Michael Conley books. He- he's written. I mean, my gosh, the Bosch character was born probably twenty five years ago. Um, and Michael Conley, who wrote the books, is producing this. I'm kind of hoping the same thing is going to happen to our friend friend of the show, Brian Freeman, with his Lieutenant Stride series being filmed in Duluth and Park Point mm. based on his books. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that and, the, you know, the same producers. But it's if you like a, de- a good detective, you know, with a conscience, with, yeah. with each season is just one case, basically. Yeah. It's filmed in L.A. It's a great character, and that's why Michael Conley has been able to write so many Bosch books, and there's been spinoffs. What was the Billy Bob Thornton one that was? That's um, Goliath. Goliath, and season one was amazing. Two was a wreck. Yeah. It was the one got really weird, but season one, I was like surprisingly into it. Yeah, so I I think think there might be one more Goliath. Yeah, they've talked about it, but man, they must have switched writers from one to two. I think so. I think so. But yeah, along that same line, and so Titus Welliver, who plays uh, Bosch, is fantastic. That's a, that's my he as a, like his acting and his he's so good. He is so perfect for that show. That's what really I mean the the stories, the crime. You know, each yeah, season if you've is been good. a fan of the book and never read it, he might be what he's come to life. Like exactly. you didn't even know that this. Oh yeah, you are Bosch. Yeah. There's seven seasons of this. It's yeah, fantastic. It's, but there are only ten episodes, and yeah. you'll gobble them up like um, Twizzlers. <laughs> I love Twizzlers. <laughs> okay. See you guys tomorrow. See you later.